Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for your great love for us. Lord, there's nothing that we have done to deserve what you have given us. You have loved us that much that you sent your own son, your only son, to come down here and be one of us and die on the cross that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Father, we thank you. Because of you, we can come together and rejoice and celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, help us never to forget it. Lord, even as they're trying to take Christmas out of the schools, out of our communities, Lord, let the church arise. Let us arise and be strong and declare your glory. Father, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Christmas. Christmas, what does it mean to you? Why do we celebrate Christmas? Because it's the time of rejoicing and praising God. The angels praised God when Jesus was born. And we need to remember that it's a time of rejoicing, a time of praise. It can be a happy time. A time when the family comes together and we celebrate, as we are this morning. But it can also be a sad time. It might be your first Christmas without a parent. Your parent might have, one of your parents might have died. Maybe you've lost a child. Maybe separation. There's many things that happen in a year's time from last year to this year. So whether it's a, something sad has happened in your family or whether it hasn't, Praise God, we can come together and rejoice because Jesus is still on the throne. Amen? I always look forward to Christmas. For 18 years, it was basically the same. Never really changed much. Got up in the morning, went to the barn, did chores, rushed in the house, got ready for church, went to church, came home, had to get the gather the eggs, and then we had about 15 minutes to half hour to quick open our presents because everybody was coming to our house, my, my uh, uncle and his family, and he was 11 years older, so his children were older than we were, and my grandparents were there, and everybody came to our house, and the rest of the day was with family. So we only had about 15 minutes to half hour open the presents real quick and uh, it was a great time loved it looked forward to it family coming together and then it changed I met Barb thank you Chris I met Barb and she changed everything it was difficult because instead of being together with my family she lived in Lancaster, 
60 miles away. And since she was the oldest, we celebrated Christmas at her place with her family. And I would get home maybe 7, 8 o'clock at night and maybe have a little time with my cousins and uncles. And, but it was, I had a change. It wasn't the same. And now, then we moved up here. And it still wasn't this. It was a different again. We had to drive down there or... But I do remember those special times when the kids were grown and they had boyfriends or married, just married, didn't have children, grandchildren yet. And we would have this nice Christmas Eve dinner. All the candles and sat around our dining room and just really having a wonderful time. And then they adopted Alex and Anthony. Two Indians, live wires. They were all over the place. And then the other little ones start coming. And now it's chaos. <laughs> but it's family. And it's great. Now, the way I understand things, we probably won't have a Christmas dinner on Christmas Day this year because of family. They got to do this, 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 you know. So things change. And we've got to be able to change with it. We've got to continue to be happy no matter where we're at. Lord, what do you want us to do? Maybe we need to go visit somebody. Spend some time with somebody else. But things change. We need to be flexible. And I have to think of Mary. When Caesar Augustus made everyone go to their place of birth to register. The long ride. Have you ever thought about what that was like? To make that trip when you are ready to deliver a baby. I mean, the doctors, when we had our first baby, they didn't want you to go anywhere about six weeks before the baby was born. No more than about 10, 15 miles from home. Because you never know when you're going to be in labor. And so, you know, maybe things changed a little bit now again. I don't know. But back then, to take, make that trip from Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem, whether she rode on that donkey or whether she walked most of the way, I don't know. But the facts are, you know what? God was in it. It had been prophesied that the baby, Christ child, would be born in Bethlehem. And so it wasn't Caesar who made him do it. It was God's plan for her. Because it had been prophesied that in Bethlehem, the baby, Christ child, would be born. And so, not everything is smooth when it comes to Christmas. And we need to realize that. One of the things that I, as I thought about Christmas over the years, you know, you, you got to buy Christmas trees, decorations, shopping. I mean, this stuff all costs money. How much is it going to cost us, I began to think. You know, we can't, we can't afford to buy everybody presents. 
I mean, you got your husband, you got your wife, you got your parents, you got your children, you got your grandchildren, you got your neighbors, you got your people you work with, you got your Sunday school teachers, you got the teachers at school, you got the postman. I mean, there's no end. You got to buy your pastors? <laughs> Something. It's it, just no end to the amount of money that it costs you. And then when the price of stamps went up, I mean, we always sent 100 Christmas cards out. You pay for the Christmas cards, and you write, have to write something. The time. You know, you look at, it can take all the joy out of Christmas. You understand what I'm saying? Huh? Does anybody else ever feel that way? Well, put your hand up if you do, please. Oh, thank you. I thought I was the only one. But the facts are, God is greater. God supplies all our needs. And if we have an abundance, praise God. If things are tight, praise God for that too. Because God is our source. And we don't want to forget what it's all about. We want to help the poor. We want to give to those who are needy. And the Holy Spirit gives us opportunity. I was at a place and saw this tree and had, and I was there quite a few times and saw all these names on the tree. And it just didn't see. And then I heard somebody say something about all the, you know, just a few presents under that tree because there hadn't been many names that were filled, and, and God just laid on my heart to give them some money. So I gave them some money, and I said, here, buy some of the gifts. And tears began to come down their cheek because they wanted to fill all those names. And when I came back again, they said they got enough for all of them. There was 56 cents left over. You know, I just did what God told me to do. But I got a blessing out of that. And then I heard this story. Actually, it was Sandy driving down the road, and she saw this woman and her little boy in a little cart walking along. And she had just come from Walmart and had a $100 gift certificate for somebody Lord told her stop and give it to him and she did and the woman just began to sob it's all about giving it's not about receiving when we were little we wanted couldn't wait to get our gifts and open them it's not about receiving it's about giving and sometimes when we're in the need of a miracle we need to be willing to give. Because as we give, God gives to us. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. That's what Christmas is all about. We were lost and we needed a Savior. And God sent his only son into the world. He gave us the best gift of all. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem. In a lowly manger in a stable. But he came to save that which was lost, you and me. This 
box represents a gift. Jesus was a gift from our Father to us. He gave. And then when Jesus came, he didn't just come and heal the sick. But before he left, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And the Holy Spirit came and came within each one of us as we accepted Christ and were filled with the Spirit. God gave us the Holy Spirit to be with us, never leave us nor forsake us. I remember the story, John chapter 4, the woman at the well. Verse 7 says, there came a woman to draw water. She needed a drink. She had a need. She was thirsty. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. She said, why are you asking me for a drink? I'm a Samaritan woman. In other words, I'm a nobody. You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You guys don't have anything to do with us. Why are you asking me, especially since I'm a woman? And Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that you're talking to, who says to you, give me a drink, he would have given you living water. In Acts chapter 2, Peter says, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift, the gift. See, it's a gift. It's nothing you earn. A gift is something that is given to us by God. All we have to do is receive it because he has good gifts for us. Sometimes when you talk about the Holy Spirit, people back off and they're afraid. It's spooky. It's a gift from God. God gives good gifts to his children. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 11, he says, For I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established. There's an impartation from one person to the other as they, Paul laid his hands on them. And then 1 Peter chapter... Um, First Peter chapter 4, verse 14. For I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established... That's Romans 1.11. Oh, 1 Timothy 4.14. 4, Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed on you through the prophetic utterance with the laying on of my hands by the presbytery. And then 2 Timothy 1.6. For, for this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. What greater gift, parents, can we give to our children than the gift of the Holy Spirit who flows through us into them? Paul treated Timothy like a son. And so he's talking to Timothy here, talking about stirring up the gift that was put within him. And this morning, 
We're going to do something just a little bit different. There's gifts in this box. The box just represents what God gave to us. But inside, God gave gifts to his people. And I was listening to one of Robert Morris's messages. And it happened to be his Christmas message. I don't know if it was this year or whenever it was. But he talked about, he gave the story his son had gone to school and it, after Christmas and they asked people what they got. And the one boy said he got this toy, you know, I forget what it was. But then when they asked his grandson or his son what he got, he said, I got leadership. And the kid went home to his parents and said, I just got this little gift, but pastor son, he got leadership. You know, a spiritual gift. And God wants us. Sometimes we don't have money. We can't give them anything. But we can give them spiritual gifts as we lay our hands on them and pray for them. Now, I never did this, and I never heard anybody doing this. Until I heard that, and I thought, Wow, that's awesome. Because we do have something to give to our children if we don't have money. We have better things to give them. So I thought, as a demonstration, because I never did it, I'm going to ask Sandy, and she's my oldest, and Chris and Leanne to come up. And Barbara and I are going to pray. And we're going to do this to demonstrate to you what you need to do with your children at Christmas time. Yes, you can give them good gifts, and we expect to give gifts too. But this is a spiritual gift that we can impart into our children. And I, would, I think it would be great if you guys, if, if all of you would do the same thing. You never know, as you lay your hands on your children, what God is going to give for you to say to your child when they're little. And, you know, he did this as I was listening. Then he already had done that with his children years ago, I guess. But this message that I heard, he had his grandchild come. And he prayed over his grandchild. 40,000 people were watching and heard. Because it went to every one of his uh, satellite churches and he talked to his son he said we're going to we're now we're going to pray for your son and his son was at one of the satellite churches he wasn't even there so I want Sandy and Chris and Leanne to come up and Barbara and I are going to pray and I believe that God has something special when I asked Sandy if I could do this she began to sob. I began to sob. Because God has something special. God has something special for us. And when you begin to pray for your children, I believe God has something special for each one of your children. So we're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus.